The Sportzilla Show starts now. Team Ghosts. Who are you guys? We're the Ghostbusters. 15th interception on the season. McCourty's fifth. Pressure off the edge. Ball is out, and the Patriots have it. Picked off again. Deron Harmon. They let him get it off. Pressure off the edge. Floater, and another interception, and it's Gilmore. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Scoop, good afternoon. TGIF, Friday. I was officially just informed by the glue guy, Matt. Matt? Yes? Tell him how many days until the Super Bowl. 100. 100 days until the Super Bowl. Can you believe we're that close already? Because it seems like there's just a lot of football left to be played. And Roger Goodell will still be a chode. (laughs) We refer to him as Roger Goodell, though, on this show. I don't know why that just has a better flow. There's a a lot to talk about. NFL, something we'll get to. Major League Baseball, something we have to get to. That that Tubman story, being fired by the Astros, that's big. Interesting what's going on with that umpire, too. And the NBA is back in session officially. It's been a few days of that now. And I have I have something I want to tell you about because I watched a little bit more basketball late last night. I'm just going to say this. You hate the term, but the dubs, mm, I don't know if this is the same Warriors you've seen for the last five years. And, oh, it's definitely not. And I don't know if it's too early in the season, but you look at the Clippers and they are just good. And Again, without Paul George. Still no Paul George. Thank you very much. Beware of the small sample size. I know. The grand conclusion drawn from the small sample size. I just wanted to put a little something out there in relation to the NBA before, well, we talk basketball in the form of Syracuse and some Syracuse football in depth here in our opening segment. But Scoop, this was an awkward exchange with David Silver, who is the commissioner of the National Basketball Association and a reporter. I'm just going to play it for you. Right now, I am joined by NBA commissioner Adam Silver. And this is huge news for the state, huge news for this city. Huge news for the huge news for the city. Whoops. Whoops. Ouch. That's awkward. Um, Well, we all flub. I'll let you. Some are worse than others. In that particular situation with that particular guest, Adam Silver, I don't know why. What did I say? What what Silver did I call him? I didn't didn't notice that you called him anything else. Needless to say, that was the wrong guy to oops that. (laughs) I host Silver. For some reasons that will just, you can investigate. (laughs) A hundred years ago. For yourself. At least you didn't call him bald. Oh, man. You know, they say that if you work 52 hours a week or more, you're more likely to go bald. And if you work 40 or less, you have a better chance of not going bald. I don't think that that's necessarily it. Speaking of crap science. Yeah. Junk science. I know. It's male pattern baldness. It's genetic, I think, right? Isn't that the science behind it? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's genetic in, in large part. I'm a little bit younger than you. You have a way better head of hair than I do. Well, okay, if we want to go to your story about the pressures of life, you, dude, you've got some pressures of life. No, man, I'm all good. That I don't have. Yeah. Uh, you're raising more kids than I had to raise. Oh, your daughter's grown up at this point. I yeah, have a couple I'm, of I'm, those. I'm but... an empty nester now, so I can spend more time at the bar blowing off steam. 
you gotta like just walk out to the garage and then yell at the sky, you know. Oh man, you don't even know if the arguments <laughs> I have in my own head. I bite my lip and I just move on with my day. Scoop. It's the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio 97. When I was married, I had a tree in the backyard, and I would go out and kick the tree. Did you really do that? Yes, I did. That's a true story? That's a true story. I learned something that I didn't know about you after all these years of friendship. And the neighbors would look at me, and they go, why is he cussing at that tree and kicking it? Well, now we know. But I felt better afterwards. Somebody's going to listen to the podcast after the fact, because all of our... Friends spread out all across the country, hooked up on social media. They know we're doing this now. They're going to learn some things about us. I'm telling you, they're going to learn some things about us. So, yeah, it is Scoop and Rain, the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. How's that for an introduction to the airwaves? But Syracuse basketball and football are on the agenda for this weekend. And there's a brew fest, uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. I mean, there's just a ton of things to do and to focus on. But let's let's start with football and then we'll bounce the basketball a little bit because it's just an exhibition game. But we're down in Florida State. Today's the travel day. The team's probably already down there now getting ready to play another 3-4 and four team. You can expect some different faces and names on that offensive line. That's one of the things that jumped out to me. Well, I think that's possible because it hasn't worked and Dino's going to try some things. How long some of those new faces are out there, I don't know. But... You know, Dino seems to be the the kind of guy that, well, we can't stand Pat at this point in time. And I think he's sort of alluded to that. So we may see Patrick Davis and Matthew Bergeron out there. The one thing that we talked about yesterday and everybody has talked about that's been analyzing this game, you even brought this up, the defensive line of FSU isn't going to be the biggest challenge that a troubled Syracuse offensive line has faced this year also. They like to play that 3-4, and, and that has killed Syracuse. Uh, <laughs> however, with better personnel, better quality uh, teams, so they'll probably go with that. They'll try to do that, but how well it works, I don't know. That's one of the things to watch. You know, one of the things that I, I've heard discussed, and, and I was wondering what you thought about this, and, and Glue Guy, Matt, I mean, jump in on this too, but... Is Willie Taggart's job in jeopardy because it's FSU and they have been a premier football program for so long? Whereas Syracuse was, then wasn't for a very long time. We had a highly successful season last year. It's a down year and we have not met expectations this year being at three and four. We expected a little bit better than this as far as where we are in the win-loss record. But you, you don't you don't hear that about Dino Babers. Listen, Dino Babers isn't going anywhere. We the, Syracuse and the fan base, I think, I think the majority would say we're good with Dino Babers. Obviously, there's a few that'll cry that no, he's got to go because of the three and four. There may be other programs that want him. That's well, that, that's what I was going to say too. I think it's we speculate where he might go, not whether he'll get fired or not. Yeah, he's I don't his in other words his job exactly right. His job is not in jeopardy. But Willie Taggart with the expectations of S- FSU. And where they're at, is he on the hot seat? And I and I a wonder. Loss to, a loss to SU would obviously fan the flames underneath the hot seat. I don't know how much of that is really true yet. I think it's kind of bubbling under at this point. But if they lost to SU, I think you're going to start to hear that stuff. So Cam Akers is a guy to keep an eye on for us. I'm looking through some of the keys to the game. He scorched us a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean. 
what do we do on defense? We shut him down. Do you win the game? I mean, is that really the secret sauce for Syracuse? And then the offense produces, obviously. I think he's one of those guys. He's going to get his. If you can shut him down, uh, great. But he's been producing behind an offensive line that some people think is worse than the SU offensive line. So he's been averaging five yards a carry behind a pretty weak line. So I, I have a feeling he's probably going to get his, you know, and he's a guy that uh, has eight touchdowns on the ground and, and three in the receiving game. So he can get you a couple of ways, too. So I think he's going to get a little something. It's you, you try to, you know, control that and rein that in. It's kind of like when you were playing basketball against Michael Jordan. You knew he was going to get his if you can shut everybody else down or chip a little bit off of their averages, then you're going to be all right. You're going to come out ahead by the time it's all said and done. Uh, we, we've got some We've got some weapons. We, we've seen the offense play well if they can even get a little bit of time and incorporate the tight ends. I've noticed that the team uh, this performs a little bit better offensively when they're doing that. We can't just rely on the, on the wideouts simply because with the offensive line, we haven't been able to get a running game going which will give them a chance. It'll make the defense question what we're going to do. You pretty much know if Syracuse is going to do anything offensively. At this point, it's going to be through the air. That just seems to be the way it's played out. And the tight ends have been a big part of the success of, of the successes of the offense for this season so far. And both quarterbacks, DeVito and Welch, little banged up. So we could see both of them. Yeah, you you very well might just to maintain them both through the game so that they can both be, let's hope maybe 80% of, of, of optimum value. You know what I mean? Neither one of them are going to be 100%, but you go with what's working at the moment. Maybe one guy's clicking for a few series, and if you have a couple of issues, maybe a couple of punts, then you get the other guy in there, and you, you just adjust throughout the game. Dino Babers has proven to be very good at that when the team is successful. One thing I think the Orange wants to do is to keep FSU out of the red zone. Yes. They're 18 of 21 in the red zone. 15 TDs and three field goals make up that 18. So, ay ay ay, That's a pretty good average there. Nine, they've allowed 19 out of 39 by opponents this season. 48.72, ranked second lowest in the ACC, 23rd overall in the NCAA. But well, you said some... 21 red zone attempts, right? Yeah. Through seven games. So it takes them a struggle to get to that red zone. Well, there you go. Yeah, that speaks to the offensive line and some of the other troubles they're having. Yeah, it sure does. All right, SU football, we all know what's up. The team's down getting ready to play Florida State as the Sportzilla Show transitions to some Syracuse basketball. Of note... And I handed you this, Syracuse.com. The story is out there. I believe it was Chris Carlson. I want to give credit where it's due, but he had written up a little bit about Kelly Siebert, who ran basically ran Bayheim's office in the basketball department for 13 years. I talked to her every Tuesday of every season for those entire 13 years. She had passed away. She's a wonderful, wonderful woman, beloved on campus. And her son, Chris Lavalli, is going to wear number 13 in honor of the 13 years that Kelly Siebert spent working for the SU basketball program. He is a walk-on, and that's what he's doing this year. That story is out right on Syracuse.com. I'm sure many of you have either seen it or read it already, or you're planning to, maybe when you get a chance to get on the phone or get on the tablet or the laptop and catch up on the day's news. But 
she's a wonderful woman. That's an awesome tribute. A little bit clamp talking about that because I can attest personally to just she's fan. People in the media would deal with her very often when when trying to get to Coach Beheim. I mean, I, in my limited contact with Coach Beheim, spoke with her a a number of times and just the most gracious, helpful, kind hearted demeanor. So it's very sad, everything that she had to go through. And it was uh, her loss definitely uh, very much felt across the. Uh, media circles and and Coach Beheim especially, you know, it just it it just tore him up. Yeah, he he was absolutely torn up, and it's just it's funny because things would happen with uh, let's say a travel day being moved around due to bad weather and clement weather. You know how the winters are in Central New York and Syracuse, or um, maybe Beheim would have an appearance that came up last minute, or practice time would be changed. I'd, I'd get a text from her sometimes. It'd be 9 o'clock at night. She would just very graciously, hey, can we move this around? Can Does this work for you? But she was always considerate of me. And I'm like, no, no, no. It, I'll do whatever I need to do to get Bayheim for my 5 to 10 minutes a week to talk to him. Is well, it, I thought there was an interesting contrast because she was always very sweet yes, yes. and warm and would laugh, whereas Jim... You know, Jim has his surly moments. And he'll admit to that. And there are times when there's, well, every time, Jim would rather be doing something else than talking to the media. I I mean, at one point, he was on the phone with me. (laughs) We're supposed to be talking basketball, and I've told this story on the other station. But he was ordering an English muffin one time. And I do have audio of that somewhere, and I will (laughs) dig that out. I think I've played that for you in years past. Yes, yes. He's like, yeah, you guys got any English muffins back there? I'm sorry, what were you saying? What were you saying, Rain? I'm like, what was that about something about? Yeah, I'm like, get get butter, whatever you got to put on your. See, that's the window into his world that uh, I would love seeing that stuff, hearing that stuff. Yeah, we're going to have a chance on the Sports Hill Show right here to hear from Bayheim this year. But we're also going to hear from Coach Mac, GMAC. Jerry McNamara, he's going to join us on Mondays, and that starts this upcoming Monday. So when you're listening to us, you're going to hear about SU basketball. And he'll talk about the exhibition with Damon. Yeah, which I'm, I'm just so excited to see what the team has. I want to wrap up our segment since we're right here with SU basketball on the tips of our tongues with a, a funny little piece of audio. Sometimes you do have to learn, even in media, You have to learn how to pronounce some of the players' names, so this might help a few of you out there in relation to some of the current roster. Marek Dolezai. Say it again. Marek Dolezai. Nice. Thank you. Go ahead. John Bull Ajak. Say it again. John Bull Ajak. Nice. Thank you. Go. My name's Burama Sidibe. All right. Say it a little louder for the people in the back row. Burama Sidibe. Perfect. Thank you. Quincy, how do you, how do you pronounce your name? In French, it's Quincy Guerrier, and in English, it's Quincy Guerrier. It sounds a little cooler in French. Can you say it in French again? Quincy Guerrier. Yeah, way cooler in French. All right, Scoop and Rain, the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. I will keep that on file for us, so when we talk SU basketball, we've got that down. Major I'm just going to call him Barama. Major League Baseball and the World Series and all things surrounding that next. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. And in about 40 minutes, come watch On the Block with Brent Axe live from Dave and Buster's in Destiny, USA. He'll be there till 6 p.m. 
Come out, win prizes, and enjoy some great food. Dave and Buster's Destiny USA. Scoop, we got to talk about the World Series. Game three tonight. It's going to resume. It's a great pitching matchup, as you saw Zach Greinke against Annabelle Sanchez, which makes me think of the Detroit rotation back in the day when they had Verlander, Scherzer, and Annabelle Sanchez on that. On yeah. the mound for them. I mean, think about it. Detroit fans have got to just be sitting back, kicking their own. Just, mm, man, God, what happened here? It's kind of like the Thunder yeah. of OKC. Yeah, when you're watching. Well, I, I have to correct myself when we get to basketball about Harden-Westbrook because it did work sort of last night at times. I mean, there were some assists, which I didn't think there would be, but both players, but I digress. Let's talk about the World Series. I mean, that would have been a hell of a pitching rotation for Detroit, but now a lot of these guys are throwing either for Houston or Washington and anchoring their rotation. They couldn't keep all those salaries there, you know. I mean, it's just what and that's why Detroit, the Tigers are where they're at right now. We had discussed yesterday the fact that they need to fire Brandon Tobman, the assistant general manager. Do you do it now because of the headlines that will overtake and cast a shadow on the games themselves, on the actual World Series games themselves. And we were like, I don't know, do you wait till after it's over? Well, come to find out, just uh, about an hour after we got off the air, they canned him. They kicked him to the curb. Well, apparently, Major League Baseball and the commissioner's office and the Astros were asking questions, doing their due diligence in the wake of this incident, probably getting some statements from the people involved, and realized, you know, this is a mess. Let's take care of this right now. I wasn't sure they were going to do anything right away, but it speaks probably to the weight of the evidence against Brandon Taubman. And he may, he may have even admitted uh, a, a little more liability in the whole thing. See, it was really weird just because right after it happened, there was that statement from the team that was almost defiant and Sports Illustrated misreported this. And, it, well, it turns out, no, they didn't misreport it at all. And now they've, you know, apologized to the reporters in question. They, they probably ought to report, uh, ought to apologize to Sports Illustrated. The Stephanie was the, Stephanie Stein, I believe, was her was her name, the reporter involved who wrote a very credible. maybe? Epstein, Stephanie Epstein wrote the very credible story. Well, how bad has it gotten for Houston in the public relations realm with this? Hazel May, who is a reporter and broadcaster for a Major League Baseball network, tweeted, Astros general manager Jeff Luno, who is Tubman's boss, well, he was asked whether he had personally reached out to Stephanie to apologize. He said that, no, I've been too busy and I haven't had the time. Stephanie was sitting in the room at the time of that statement. She was in that press conference while he was being questioned, sitting right there a few feet away. Well, that's how bad it is. Okay. To his defense, though, he probably doesn't know every reporter in that room. Well, you probably got to learn her name, right? Well, yes, that's a, the optics of that are bad. Sure. Okay. But maybe he doesn't really know her, but you would think that there would have been some sort of effort at that point to, who is this person? What happened? Stephanie Epstein, excuse me, yes. So, yeah, that, that looks bad, and he should probably address that as, as 
promptly as possible and speak with her. They did apologize to her and to Sports Illustrated and to all individuals who had to witness this or were offended by this. They didn't intend to basically lie, cover it up. Mr. See, I wasn't X. clear that they had. I wasn't clear if they had apologized to Sports Illustrated. I know they apologized to the reporters. They said that our initial belief was based on witness statements about the incident. Blah 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 blah. We realized that we were wrong. And I so, like that they said we were wrong, and we've terminated Brandon Tubman's I, employment. And I think they were wrong in more ways than they admitted to. I. You know, they just came out so quickly with that statement that just seemed to be defiant in uh, defense of this boorishness that went on there. And it was uh, that's bad optics, too. I agree. Can I give you uh, something to lighten the mood a little bit here on the SportsZilla Show? It's ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Scoop and rain sitting in on a Friday. So uh, I read a... You're flipping through social media and you see some of the fun things around the game and around the World Series. So this dude put out the perspective basically in in tweet form of where each team is coming from. So, for example, with the Astros, says, here's the Astros philosophy heading in the World Series. Well, we have assembled the most terrifying pitching staff since the 1990s Braves. Our defense is stifling and our offense is relentless. And then you've got the Nationals who, as we've discussed, were under 500 and then stormed onto a playoff berth. And here they are demolishing two games in the Houston Astros. So what is the the Nationals philosophy heading into the World Series? You might wonder. Well, our entire stadium does the baby shark clap and we do river dance when we have home <laughs> runs. And Brian Dozier knows all the worlds to come. <laughs> they just, they, they're a little bit more lighthearted and embracing the moment. They seem to be having a little bit more fun in Houston with this crap with Tobin just destroyed any fun that they're having because all they're doing is damage control. Well, I think the Nationals have had something to do with that, too, because they've just been fantastic. And you combine that in in that locker room, it can't be a happy place right now. One of the things the Nationals also employ that I am learning about is they have this sleep consultant expert who recommends uh, how they should sleep, when they should go to bed, almost like your mom and dad and as have, a kid. You and know? they have an amazing home run celebration that we played for everybody yesterday. It's good stuff. And, you know, we've talked previously about how uh, NBA players, all the travel and the road, and uh, one of the things that they talk about is their lack of sleep. These athletes, they need that. they got to be fully rested. What do we talk about with pitchers? It's always... Can we pitch a guy on short rest? And they're having a couple of days off. I mean, it's so it really is important. And apparently this sleep expert's doing all right for the Nationals because the results are paying off. I can relate to that. I got a killer dad bod. And if I actually got some physical exercise on occasion, I would need to sleep. The reason I'm not able to sleep is because I don't really work my body out ever, and I drink a lot of coffee. So I get that. Well, you know, you're selling yourself short, though, <laughs> because you are a dad, okay? Yeah, and and was it like uh, you're like the old lady in the shoe now? You got a 555 kids or something? You don't understand. Have you ever one meal when you got five kids and a Mrs. Rain at home? You're like a goaltender. You you have to. You would not believe how much they can demolish the kitchen. A load of di- Dude, I'm doing you are the going dishes. left and right. You're going high, low. You're going forward and back. Kick, save, and a beauty. I Don't was, touch that. Put I, that away. I was leaving. Stop the, touching your sister. I was leaving the house today, 
and my son is home with the oldest. They're hanging out today, and he's in the window of the house, and he's standing on the back of the chair that's up against where the window is. And I'm sitting there, and I'm up, I'm like grabbing the phone to call my oldest. And I'm like, do you think you can pay attention to the fact that the four-year-old is standing on the back of the chair, completely pressed up against the, the big picture window in the front of the house? And no, this is making I'm watching YouTube videos on my phone. Why do I need to do that? Responsibility? The Washington Nationals have released a statement that confirms President Trump was not invited to throw out the first pitch of Game 5 of the World Series if it is necessary on Sunday. Do you know who they did invite? And I'm not saying this to be political. Chef Jose Andres has been fight, invited to throw out the first pitch. Uh, I guess I guess POTUS is going to go to Game 5, in theory. Doesn't want doesn't to throw... He said that he doesn't want to throw out the first pitch because they have to put you in the flak jacket and the bulletproof vest and all that, and it makes him look too big. Can we just have Simone Biles do it every game now? I think that's... I, backflip this time. She can do whatever she wants. She did a flip with a twist. Uh, and she is awesome. They, the, the, the Nats ought to invite her to, to do a first pitch. Should one bring, of the mascots throw out the first pitch? Why not? I love mascots. Well, especially all the presidents that they have yeah, running around. Yeah, like FDR, Teddy Roosevelt. I mean, it's killer. George Washington is one of them, too, I believe. I think Abe Lincoln. Maybe? Abe Lincoln's the other one. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. It's just like the sausage races they do at some of them, too. Well, it, it uh, in Cleveland, it's like a hot dog and mustard and, and ketchup have a race, like in the seventh inning or something. I don't know. It's at some point in the game. They race around the ballpark or the bases or something. Kind of fantastic. Um, I don't think in our lifetimes any of us have seen a World Series game from Washington, let alone a playoff. Well, maybe a couple playoff games, but it's been a long time since the World Series been in D.C. It's kind of exciting for tonight. Great pitching matchup. I do not expect. I, I just I don't expect Houston to win this game. I, they've they lost two, got swept out at home in the first two of the World Series. I think they're going to lose tonight. They have to win. Tonight, Houston has to win this game tonight or everybody in metropolitan D.C. tomorrow is going to be driving around with little brooms sticking out their windows. Now, I lived in Detroit when they went up 3-0 in a Stanley Cup final, and that's exactly what happened. People driving all over Metro Detroit with little brooms. It was funny. It was hilarious. What if they're in a witch's costume because it's an early Halloween costume <laughs> Well, it's party. perfect. Then, you, then you're ready to go. It's, it's like two birds with one stone. Oh, wow. You're going to your Halloween party as a witch. You put the broom out the window. No, as a matter of fact, I'm going to the Nationals World Series Game 3 tonight. That's actually what I'm doing. Do you have the story in front of you? Uh, 60 seconds before we got to hit our break, but just put this out there. Rob Drake, that umpire, what's going on? He's being investigated after a tweet saying he was ready to buy an AR-15 and threatened a civil war if the president was impeached. So the league is now investigating because that sounds threatening. That's not the sort of best foot forward that Major League Baseball uh, wants to exhibit and exude. I found it interesting, this Rob Drake guy, he's the, the co-founder of this ministry of umpires called Calling for Christ. And I'm like, uh, did Jesus have an AR-15? Did I miss that? That's crazy. I mean, just remove the politics out of this. Just look at the fact that there's certain organizations. Was that very Christian? Was that a very Christian-like tweet? Well, hear me out on this. There's certain organizations, say, for example, 
Major League Baseball that people pay attention to. And if you work for said organization, I could throw out the NBA. I could throw out the NFL. Since we're on a sports station, I'm just in the sports world here. Obviously, that branches out. Well, um, they have very well-known brands and brand names. And if something happens and you are affiliated because you work and are employed by that organization, people will pay attention when you say really stupid stuff like that. You've got to be somewhat self-aware. Jesus doesn't need an AR-15. He can hit you with a loaf of bread and a bottle of wine at 50 paces. Oh, man, I'm telling you, dude, walk down water. I mean, there's just some things that... Let's move on. Let's take our break. Sportzilla Show ESPN. I'm sorry. Not really. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. NFL next. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Verdict to at a guest line is 437-7644. 315-437-7644. If you call it right now, number five is registered to win a chance, kicking an extra point for $1,000. One person will be chosen at random from all registrants to attempt the kick at halftime of the SUBC game, and you win $1,000 from ESPN Radio. So Tommy will answer the call, and we'll go from there. Let's talk some football scoop, the NFL, uh, of course, this weekend, a slate full of games. Which ones jump out at you? I know we circled a few on the schedule. Well, Eagles at Bills is very interesting because it's the continuing story of are the Bills contenders or pretenders? I say they're contenders. I say they're for real. Yeah. The Eagles at three and four, Bills at five and one. The Eagles are... It's sort of an enigma, you know, I, and they're kind of a mess, too. Uh, I, I had a friend uh, who said that on Facebook that Carson Wentz is the Andy Dalton of Pennsylvania, which I thought was kind of funny. Glue guy, uh, glue guy Matt interjected uh, into the conversation yesterday off the air that we were having about this very subject and wondering if Jacksonville has the guy that should be the quarterback of the Eagles, Nick Foles. Did yeah, they, Nick Foles should be the starter for the Eagles. Did they mess that up? Probably. I wonder. But you go with the younger guy. You uh, paid all those draft picks for Carson Wentz. Yeah. So you're kind of stuck with him. You can't go with the other guy in that situation. You got to go with Carson Wentz, Scoop. The Eagles have allowed 75 points over the past two weeks, and they are have allowed the sixth most, most passing yards per game in the NFL. So... You look at that, you know that the Bills are playing at home. Buffalo favored by two and a half, three, depending on where you look. So you're saying you're saying that the Eagles are having some defensive issues, and offensively, the Eagles are going to be facing one of the best defenses in the National Football League. But you know, uh, do they rebound? Do they rebound and play above what they've shown so far? That's that's a feeling, and that's what I'm wondering. I, I think they're going to give the Bills a battle. Well, yeah. they're also mad that they got sw- beat badly by the Cowboys last week. Motivation. Correct. Yeah. Everybody should feel bad about being beat by the Cowboys. Yeah, I agree with you. Not except, the Jets, though. Not except, the Jets. Except the Jets. That was a remarkable <laughs> football game, don't you think? I'm sorry if you're Cowboys. So, so I think that's an interesting game, and I... I'm leaning Bills there, and I think that spread's about right. I would, too. Uh, the Bengals and Rams are in London. Giants are playing Detroit. I, uh, I, can't, I can't even wrap my head around what I expect. Is this 
another good game for the Giants, like the first two of the Daniel Jones era, or is it not? And do they just lose? And does Detroit have a good game? I mean, there's Saquana's a, back. Saquana's yeah, I understand that, but he was back last week too, and I guess it was a little bit a little bit closer game. But look at the look at where they played. It's just I I don't have faith in my team yet. I want to have faith in my team, and I see some promising players on both sides of the ball and some good things offensively and some bad things offensively. And the same thing applies to the defense, but I just, I don't know the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I don't know what giants team to be fair. I don't expect anything out of the lions either because it's the same thing. Well, I was going to say I'm, but I'm also describing the Detroit lions. You don't, you don't see them putting together a complete game on both sides of the ball at all. At any point, you haven't really seen that. Well, to go a little further, Danny Dimes, oh. it's the same story. 2-0 and in his first two starts, threw for 561 yards in those games, three touchdowns and only two interceptions. However, 0-3 in the last three with 566 passing yards, really about the same yardage with an extra game, three touchdowns, same number of TDs, and five Interception. He's forcing balls. Pardon the expression, but that's what he's doing. He's forcing throws. He's been doing that where you throw it out of bounds. He's making some bad decisions. Where he seemed so calm in the first couple of games, because I don't think he was thinking now that he's been entrenched in the position. He's the guy. He's the starter. I think maybe the overanalyzation is getting there, and sometimes you've just got it. The simplest play is to just not make one. Just dump it. Does move Eli on. make a comeback? At this point, right now, no. Not, not, oh, come on. Not yet. He might. I don't think that you've seen the last. I think Eli's going to get in a game before the season's over. But right now, it doesn't do any good. You've got to develop Daniel Jones. You just have to. Lions are favored by seven. I think they're mad. And I think they win this game. Jets, Jags. Anything about seeing the Eagles quarterback play against the Jets? Well, it'll be Gardner Minshew. Oh, that's right. Nick yeah, yeah, still hurt. yeah. Nick is Nick is still out. That's right. So, okay, fantastic mustache against the Jets. What do you think? Going with the mustache. <laughs> I think so too. He's the kids can play. I think you're you're going. Or to, will Sam Darnold continue to see ghosts? I think that's a possibility. But are you going to see develop? Uh, all jokes aside, a quarterback controversy down there is Doug Marone going to have to make that decision when it's all said and done? I think he's going to have to. Well, I think whatever they choose, the fans won't be happy. Do they go? Do they go with Minshew and trade out the more established quarterback because maybe you can get a little more from him? You go with the young, hot rookie who has a whole career in front of him. But you just signed Nick Foles to that huge contract. Yeah, but contracts are tradable. You say that all the time. Yeah, but you have to eat that big signing bonus that you just paid him. Yeah, there's so many moving parts with this. You got to make the numbers work sometimes. Minshew looks like the guy who put in my. Internet for Time Warner. Are we going to do this Levitard thing right now? Are we going to do this? Did you get the show? Are we going to do that? We should do that one day. The Jets have allowed 26 sacks, second worst in the NFL this season. Sorry, Jets fans. While the Jags defense has 21 sacks, that's fourth. It looks bad for the Jets. Scoop, Rain, and the Glue Guy, Matt on the Sportsilla Show here. Jags are favorite six. ESPN Radio. Uh, We also had circled, even though we don't have Mahomes involved, Green Bay KC looks like a good game. And I just wanted to read something about Aaron Rodgers. Of all the things that you hear about him in the press, 
Let me just read a quote from the guys that block for him, his offensive line, because they protect him. They do. They basically give up less on average than a sack a game for this guy. And here's what they said. We know the guy cares about us. This is Lindsley on the line. He's a great dude. We love blocking for him for sure. That's part of the reason why we try so hard to be perfect. It'd be easier if we had a jerk back there and we didn't like somebody, but we love the dude. We all do. We're really happy that he got that record. It was for the maximum passer rating thing and all that stuff. And we're really happy that we have played a part in it. His teammates, you hear? Do you think they get some of that State Farm money? I don't know, but you hear you don't you hear from other places in the NFL universe that Aaron Rodgers is this bad dude, but these guys, uh, when one of them he's got his hands right there. You understand? I mean, they're intimate. Even though it's Matt Moore instead of Mahomes, Packers are six and one, and Chiefs five and two. It's at Kansas City, it's a tough place. To that play. place is hell on visiting teams. Uh, Green Bay is the favorite, three and a half. I, I think the Chiefs win this game. All right. Well, let me flip to the XFL really quick because we've got just a second or two left before our break. Former Tennessee defensive end Corey Vereen was drafted by the XFL's LA Wildcats last week, and he already quit. He claimed that he was misled about how much money he'd make. He said the base salary is $27,040, which includes a two-month mini camp. They are uh, per-game bonuses of 1685 which you can get if you're active for the game. And if your team wins, you'll get a weekly win bonus of $2,222. But at the end of the day, for what they put their bodies through, that's pretty terrible money considering. And he also has a degree in computer science, so he could pursue other opportunities. That yeah, I mean, said, you're, you're really putting your body at extreme risk and peril there. And I can see maybe a lot of guys maybe... Thinking the same thing, like, I don't know, especially if you've tasted some of that good money that the NFL pays. There's guys that are hungry that want to do it, and that's cool. I think that'll actually contribute to the quality and brand of the football, but they'll be slower. They're not going to be as fast. Average salary XFL, 50 to 55-ish. Average, or I'm sorry, rookie minimum in the NFL, $495,000. Just putting that out there. Sportzilla Show, ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Lane and Scoop. World of Beer presenting the Hollow Hops Brewfest tomorrow in the canyon at Destiny USA. More than 50 breweries there. A costume contest with top prizes of a $250 gift card for Destiny USA. General admission and VIP tickets available now for two Brewfest sessions at hollowhops.com, or you can get them in person at the Branching Out Bottle Shop in Camillus. Going to talk a little bit of basketball really quickly. Syracuse University has now officially given a diploma to Tyus Battle. Tyus A. Battle has earned his bachelor's degree. Congratulations as he embarks on his NBA career. I just saw that. Uh, Yeah, I, I jumped on Instagram for a second, and he just posted his diploma. So that's great. Speaking of the NBA, though, Clippers Warriors last night. I was reminded of the movie Karate Kid. No mercy, Johnny. No mercy. That's what it felt like watching the Clippers demolish the Warriors. I think it ended up being a 20-point win. 141-122. Yeah, I was just about to turn to my left and look at the score and report that. But it wasn't that close, is my point. There, It was a point, and and, and I gave you a couple of... Uh, I, I did some screen caps from... 
some on Twitter because I love the immediacy of Twitter where you're live in the moment and live tweeting of things. But I mean, right now the Warriors are like, man, must not have been fun at all for all the other teams when we used to win by 30 every game for the past few years. Or uh, another one that said, basically, the Clippers are running a layup line, getting anything that they want. This is not the Golden State Warriors, at least right now, of the last five years. I, I mean, it wasn't even close. It did not even look like the same team at all. The Clippers, on the other hand, small sample size, no Paul George, yet they just, wow, Kawhi has changed that team. Doc Rivers is a hell of a coach, too. Well, talking oh. about the Warriors, sorry, Scoop, Andre Iguodala's missing, uh, Kevin Durant's missing, Clay Thompson's gone, exactly. John Key Livingston parts. is gone. Exactly. So you, they've lost a lot of people. Exactly. But everybody's expecting... It's Golden State Warriors. Just what you've seen for the past five years, they're just going to come out there and be the same exact thing. They are completely getting used to a new dynamic, new players, new rotations. Uh, the way they play the game has to be has to evolve and be different without those guys in place. Steph has to get used to not having those guys for sure to shoulder some of the scoring load, and that is going to be an adjustment, a massive adjustment. The NBA should be a fun season. It, it is. There has definitely been. The, Kawhi Leonard not going to the Lakers, or well, Kawhi Leonard going to the Lakers would have made it, I, I think, no doubt, that's your NBA champion. Now, there's a lot of other teams in play, including the Clippers, but it's it shifted the dynamic, and every five, six years, you see the, the power change, whether it's conferences or teams, and another evolution in the NBA underway right in front of our very eyes. I just wanted you to know that you can go to hoopshype.com and you can find out which NBA player was born on the same day as you, if you're ever curious to know something like that. All right, I'll have to take a look at that. And the last thing for today, Scoop, tomorrow in honor of breast cancer awareness, it is the Pink the Rink game for the Syracuse Crunch presented by Upstate Cancer Center, something that is, if you're going to the game, represent. Put the pink on, the players are going to do the same thing. Great cause, totally support those ladies out there. And we got Brent Axe at Dave and Buster's coming up. Top of the hour. This is the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1.